This podcast is brought to you by Rain Worldview, the world's leading geopolitical intelligence platform. Learn more at worldview.stratfor.com. You're listening to Rain's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for joining us. In the midst of rising tensions between Russia and Ukraine and NATO, we've seen Russian officials suggest that Moscow could increase military and economic cooperation with Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. What's going on? Here with details is Carmen Colosi, Reign's Latin America analyst. Welcome, Carmen. Thanks so much for having me, Emily. So what is going on with Russia? Is it saying this out loud? Yes, in some senses. So... As we know, Russia perceives a growing U.S. and Western presence in Ukraine, which is, as Russia views it, under the Kremlin's sphere of influence. So Russia is seeing this dynamic go on, and it's hinting, in some senses, from lower-level diplomatic officials and also lower-level officials in the cabinet that it would be interested in increasing military cooperation with Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. So this is really Russia threatening this cooperation with these Latin American authoritarian governments to demonstrate that it can do the same thing with countries with proximity to the U.S. that the U.S. and other uh, Western countries are doing with countries in proximity to Russia. So a kind of geopolitical tit-for-tat, although with graver consequences. Are Russia's claims of increased cooperation with Latin America's authoritarian governments even credible? There's two aspects here. The first is strategic importance. Russia does not view Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua with the same strategic importance as they are on the other side of the world. For example, A country like Belarus is in Russia's periphery. It views it with a significant amount of strategic importance. Um, And that leads us to the second issue, which is the financial burden. Russia is really concerned about having to financially support its allies like it does with Belarus. And so the Kremlin is not likely to significantly increase financial support to these three countries. Um, And that could, you know, that really means that increased trade relations and financial assistance is not likely to happen. What is likely to happen, however, is that Russia is likely to maintain current bilateral relations with these three countries, and it's likely to use these kind of public military stunts to um, act as retaliatory measures against the United States and NATO's collaboration with Ukraine. Russia is likely to continue hinting at further cooperation during speeches and and host leaders from these three countries, but the countries are not likely to see that next level of economic cooperation for those two issues that I I, uh, discussed previously. A really great example of how this can play out happened in December 2018. We saw two Russian bombers Um, which, granted, were capable of carrying nuclear weapons, land in Venezuela as a show of support to Maduro's regime. But we didn't see any accompanying uh, increase in, you know, significant military cooperation that went along with it. The media got their headline, but Russia didn't actually have to increase cooperation. 
So despite that, will Latin American governments be welcoming to a Russian relationship? In a sense, yes. Um, the governments of Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela are backed into a wall. The United States has had a 60-year trade embargo on Cuba and heavy sanctions on Venezuela's oil-driven economy. Um, while Washington has yet to um, impose sanctions on Nicaragua, it has signaled that these kind of economic sanctions are um, all but certain uh, to come in the near future. So these increased economic ties with Russia, this promise of increased economic ties, is going to allow these three countries to kind of push Russia um, to have these kind of things like um, financial assistance and Russian foreign direct investment. But like I mentioned earlier, Russia is really unwilling to significantly increase this financial assistance for fear of being, uh, you know, having another country on um, the payroll, shall we say. So in the absence of this financial assistance, it will really limit what these three countries are willing to do on the defense or security front. Um, without significant promises from Russia, Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua are really unlikely to allow Russian troops to, um, you know, enter the, their premises and kind of have boots on the ground um, because, one, it's a fear that um, the domestic population will see it as a weak, uh, weakening the sovereignty of these countries, and two, it's these countries and these uh, authoritarian governments are really afraid of continued U.S. pushback. Um, and there would almost certainly be a U.S. response to Russian troops on the ground. Well, as you pointed out, we're speaking specifically about Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. Are there any other countries in Latin America or the Caribbean that Russia would turn to as well? So there are several. Russia has been slowly but surely increasing trade with countries from all around Latin America and the Caribbean. Brazil is a great example of that. Um, we just saw Brazilian um, President Jair Bolsonaro travel to Russia and meet with Putin. Um, and this is really coming as Brazil and Russia are trying to collaborate on things like uh, military collaboration, specifically with Brazil's Navy, and also um, agricultural collaboration and increasing trade on that front. We've also seen Russia pursue a significant vaccine diplomacy campaign in the region. The you know, star example of that is Argentina, which, rece which received 20% of its COVID-19 vaccine supply from Moscow. Um, and it's, Argentina is currently discussing an agreement with Russia that would allow Argentine military officers to receive training in Russian military academic centers. But... Like I mentioned earlier, the same constraints exist for Argentina and Brazil that exist for Cuba and Venezuela. Specifically, that the strategic importance of these countries are actually significantly lower than the strategic importance of countries in Eurasia. And so that does keep the likelihood of a significant increase in collaboration quite low. Carmen Colosi is Rain's Latin America analyst. Thanks for that, Carmen. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. Always a pleasure. The United States' relationship with its regional neighbors plays an important role in global geopolitics. 
You can sign up for Worldview and stay ahead of news from the region. Our analysts are always looking at what happens next. Visit stratfor.com for a special subscription offer. That's stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.